It's Tuesday, January 5th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Well, Hoynesy, hopefully over the next uh, 20 minutes or so, nobody on the Browns coaching staff, uh, no, no more uh, members of the Browns coaching staff test positive for COVID. Uh, pretty shocking news out of uh, Berea today that uh, our, our colleague Anthony Kastervins from MLB.com makes a good point. You know, two Cleveland teams have made the playoffs this year. Neither one of them will have their head coaches uh, with the team during those playoff games. Uh, you know, the, the Indians had Terry Francona sidelined by his own health issues, not related to COVID, but Kevin Stefanski uh, going to be on the sidelines uh, or at home watching the, as the Browns play Pittsburgh on Sunday night uh, because of COVID-19. Yeah, who's going to be coaching the Browns? Paul D. Podesta, is he going to come down from the front office? What What is going on? I mean, geez, oh, man, at least – at least, at least it's not Chubb that's got it, but we don't we don't know yet, right? Because we've all, we've got a whole four or five days to go here. Right, yeah, it's a, it, it'll be a while before they they know who is totally eligible to play without uh, you know before that last round of testing before the game on Sunday night. But uh, still, it's just uh, it, it just sort of highlights and and shows how how difficult it is to get a team through a season in this pandemic. The 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 needle you kind of have to thread for that. And just how remarkable kind of what uh, what the Indians were able to accomplish. You know, they didn't really have a lot of players test positive and nobody on the coaching staff tested positive during the season. Uh, even though it was only a 60 game season, they managed to get through, uh, you know, the health concerns they had were, were Terry Francona related. Those weren't COVID related. So uh, just sort of remarkable that the Indians were able to, to accomplish what they accomplished and make the playoffs. Uh despite not having their, their coach on the bench the entire season. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, Joe, I, I don't know uh, what the protocols, how, what the difference between the protocols in an MLB and, and, and the NFL, you know, both, obviously both of them, you know, they didn't play in a bubble during the regular season. Maybe the, you know, the NFL should, should have gone into a bubble, you know, it's, you know, starting last week with, for the potential playoff teams. But I don't know if that would have helped it or not. Who knows? Yeah, yeah that is a difference. Didn't the, uh, didn't the teams that were close to making the playoffs in Major League Baseball a week before the playoffs yeah, began right. so that they could avoid a circumstance just like what the NFL is, is now facing with the Browns, uh, you know, and, and it wasn't like the Browns had complete control over this virus in their own facility. It, it, you know, you go back to the Jets game, where they lost their entire wide receiver room to, you know, just positive, you know, one positive test and the contact tracing that went along with that. So there's the difference there is that in, in the protocols is that the NFL said, okay, if one guy on your team tests positive, the guys that were in close contact with him, you know, have to have two negative tests before they can get into a game. And that's why the Browns missed, you know, Jarvis Landry and, and all their receivers against New York. Uh, and that's why they were, what they were working. They, they were working out in a garage <laughs> the day before the, or the walkthrough. The right. Day in the, park, the, the parking garage came. in New York. Yeah. Uh, again, it, it's just, it's, it's disappointing for Kevin Stefanski. You saw at the end of, uh, you know, Sunday's game, how, how excited he was to get his team uh, into the playoffs for the first time. Well-deserving. And, you know, this is a guy who calls all the plays. So, uh, you know, who knows what's going to happen uh, in, in Pittsburgh on Sunday night. Uh, 
but yeah, rather disappointing for the Browns uh, and, and just really sort of highlights sort of what the Indians had to go through and how seriously you really have to take this virus and this pandemic and the situation uh, in, in, as it relates to, you know, just getting back out on the field. Yeah. You know, and uh, it's not like uh, you can uh, you, like the manager gets thrown out of the game and he's standing down the tunnel yelling to the bench coach what to do. I mean, Stefanski might be in bed, laid up in bed somewhere back in Cleveland when, when they're in Pittsburgh. I mean, well, well, even if he's, even if he doesn't show symptoms, you know, the NFL has strict rules about uh, not communicating uh, electronically yeah, right. on the sidelines. He can't send text messages to uh, Mike Prefer, who's going to be the, uh, the, the head coach, the acting head coach on Sunday. Uh, there's, there's nothing. They, these guys are on their own when it comes to that. Uh, I think the Browns are pretty familiar with uh, not being able to send text messages to people yeah. in, uh, in, in game. Uh, I believe they, they lost a GM for a couple of games a few years ago for, for exactly that reason. So uh, yeah, just the, the, the situation uh, it's unfortunate right now, but uh, you know, Browns fans have waited so long for this. Uh, the Indians fans can sympathize with not having, uh, having your full coaching staff there and intact when, uh, when you need it the most in the playoffs. And then what they practice one, one day last week. And now the facility is shut down again. So Jeez, I, I mean, for the most part, I don't think fewer practices for these guys at this point in the season is is a terrible thing. You know, one or two times out on the field to go over formations might be a, uh, a thing, but, uh, you know, less contact, less, you know, less yeah. physical exertion. And also they can do everything they need to do over Zoom and, and meetings. They've they've really found that to the point that uh, J.C. Treader, the uh, the the head of the Players Association for the NFL uh, came out last week and said, "Hey, uh, COVID has shown us, and and this this new model of coaching has shown us that we don't need as many OTAs and as much you know offseason training camp and mini camps uh, for all that wear and tear on these players and all these mandatory sessions. It, it it really has shown that the games go on and everything you know works out the right way that uh, you can cut down on some of those things. That might be." how how things proceed over the next couple of years in all sports in, in, in baseball as well uh you know we heard from the indians that that being apart during that quarantine period between spring training and the the summer training session uh it changed the model for these coaches on how they keep up with players who are away and 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 i'm in the four corners of the the country and whatnot uh it 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 really has brought about a lot of changes in, in that regard and how the teams uh, prepare for, for the season and for games. Definitely. Definitely. All right. Uh, shifting our focus now uh, back to baseball, uh, hot stove news involving, I guess, ex Indians, uh, Brad hand uh, drawing some interest. Uh, what do you, what do you hear hearing uh, Hoinsey about where Brad hand could end up? Yeah. Uh, Joe, um, uh, the, um, you know, it sounds like the Mets have shown some interest in Brad Hand, um, and uh, and you know the last I had talked to his, to his Brad Hand's agent last week. He said there was several teams that have shown interest, but you know that whole closer market has been really, really um, you know slow to uh, to even start. Uh, there's a bunch of closers still on the market: Liam Hendricks, uh, Kirby Yates. Uh, 
Ken Giles, Mark Melenson, uh, Alex Colme, uh, Ian Kennedy, Trevor Rosenthal, uh, you know, guys like that, along with Brad Hand. And we really haven't seen, uh, um, you know, much, uh, much movement there. So, uh, um, so I, but I think, you know, the, it's interesting that the Mets have shown some interest. They've already signed uh, Trevor May. So, uh, you know, maybe, you know, they're, they're looking to, to, to uh, you know, really improve that bullpen. Yeah, they take Trevor May out of that, uh, that Minnesota bullpen. Uh, the Indians are very familiar with Trevor May in, in, in that regard. Uh, so maybe Minnesota will be, be looking to sign one of those uh, premium guys. However, uh, you know, Brad Hand still the, the, the Major League Saves leader last year. Uh, Got to believe that he would, he, he would command at least uh, that $10 million, uh, annual um, you know, that he was going to get if the Indians had picked up that, that option. Uh, the Mets look like, you know, a team that's going to be willing to spend. He would be a logical choice. I had heard that Liam Hendricks was uh, interested or the, the Blue Jays had an interest in Liam Hendricks. So maybe if Hendricks signs, that sort of sets the market. And then, you know, the other guys sort of follow. Uh, Hendricks had been, I, I believe, uh, you know, at the, the Blue Jays facility in Florida earlier this week, uh, taking a tour and, and, and getting familiar there. So who knows, uh, you know, yeah, it's going to be, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what, the, how, how long those, uh, those closers, what, what kind of contracts those closers get use, you know, are they going to get a three, four, are you going to give a three or four year deal to these guys? I, I don't know. You know, it's kind of a risky proposition with, with closers. Yeah, for the handful of teams that are out there looking to spend money, uh, it's you, you, they've got to be, you know, pretty wise about where they where they spend it, and uh, those are a pretty important position to to sort of lock up. Uh, you know that 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 sort of leads us into uh, you know the the idea of a wish list. Uh, uh, we we posted on our uh, subtext account and we sent it out to our subscribers on Indian subtext. Uh, the idea of New Year's resolutions, since we are uh, five days into the new year in 2021, and we wanted to go over uh, some of the players uh, on the Indians roster and, you know, coaches or, uh, you know, even in the front office, uh, the, their resolutions for the new year, what we think uh, each player's, you know, New Year's resolution should be. We got several responses, uh, and we'll, we'll go through some of those. We'll give you some of our responses. Uh, if you want to submit, uh, you can always sign up for Indian Subtext. This is a great time to do it uh, right now at the beginning of the year as we're, we're getting going, and uh, there's certain to be some, some big news uh, out of the Indians to follow over the course of the 2021. Uh, you can go to uh, cleveland.com slash subtext. Uh, and, and select the Indians uh, uh, account there. It's $3.99 a month. You get inside information immediately from uh, Hoinsey and myself via text directly to your phone. Don't, uh, you don't have to go on social media or any of that. Uh, you get the information and it's a, the ability to communicate directly back and forth with Hoinsey and myself. So Paul, you ready for some uh, New Year's resolutions for Indians players as submitted by our subtext subscribers. Here we go. Yeah, I can't wait. Let's go. 
All right. Uh, first one we got up here is from Gary in Toledo. Uh, and he has a New Year's resolution for Tristan McKenzie. He says Tristan McKenzie should gain 20 pounds by going on the Gary from Toledo diet. So that's, uh, that's, I know that diet. <laughs> that, that is also the Paul from Menor diet and the uh, Cleveland diet uh, as well. They, they all sound very familiar. Uh, Tristan McKenzie, though, the, uh, the, the thin man, as he's called, uh, I, I guess, you know, we saw from him uh, in, in, in 2020 that, that he can be effective in a, in a starter's role. Do, do you think if he went out there and, and gained a bunch of weight that it would, it would make him any better? Yeah, I, I don't think this kid can, Joe. I, I saw him, you know, uh, I, I was down in Tampa Bay uh, the, when the Indians were playing the Rays when they signed him and he came in and, and met the team. He, he looked the same as he did, you know, that just out of high school. That was four or five years ago. He weighs the same now that it, that he did then. I mean, maybe he's gained like three, four or five pounds, but that's it. That's, this is his, you know, this is his physical stature. And, you know, I like him, Joe, because, you know, he, he's got a lot of leverage and he know he seems like he knows how to use that. He's tall, mm -hmm. he's lanky, and he gets uh, you know he 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 generates a lot of velocity out of that body. Yeah, uh, guys like guys that are built like Tristan McKenzie are unusually strong for what you would think that what what your brain tells you they they look like they would just blow over in a stiff breeze. They're they're freakishly strong sometimes in that regard. So uh, you, you never know, but also. Don't you think Tristan McKenzie ever gets bored and tired with answering the same questions about his weight and his frame and his size? Don't you ever think if he just if he just went into an offseason and said, OK, I'm going to bulk up and people are going to stop asking me, you know, why I look so skinny and all that. Just just to shut up the the, the not necessarily the critics, but the the people with lazy questions, I guess uh, that that's sort of it. it you, your only go to for Chris, for Tristan McKenzie is his weight and his frame and his size. I, I think we need to move beyond that in 2021. So that's my number one resolution. When I talk about Tristan McKenzie is not to mention his freakish height and uh, skinny frame. I'm, I'm going to find another thing to focus on. Uh, we're going to start with Tristan McKenzie's hairdo. How's that? There's a yeah. completely re relevant thing to be talking about with Tristan McKenzie in 2021. We'll talk about his hair and not how skinny he is. All right. All right. Uh, Gary from Toledo has two more resolutions here. We'll, we'll go through uh, his resolution for Jose Ramirez is to agree to play second base so that Nolan Jones can start the season at third base. Uh, Gary from Toledo, uh, Jose Ramirez moving to second base has been tried more than once. Uh, and and we, we've seen uh, during that time, it sort of messes with Jose Ramirez. Th those were the uh, sort of the, the dark years for uh, or the, the dark period for Jose Ramirez where he went into a slump uh, when the Indians started moving him all over the place because they acquired uh, Josh Donaldson or because, you know, Jason Kipnis had to play center field. Uh, I don't know, man. I think I think a better resolution uh, for Jose Ramirez is to you know, stay put and, and stay at third base and, and, and finally win an MVP this year. Yeah, I, I think that's right, Joe. I mean, I think, uh, you know, I loved, you know, two or three years ago, I loved Ramirez's range at, at uh, second base. 
when they had Joe Urshela playing third, uh, Lindor at, at short, and and uh, and Ramirez at second base. I mean, that was a, that's probably one of the best infielders in baseball. But I think he's you know Jose's gotten a little bigger, and I, I you know I don't I don't think he moves as well. And I think there you know he's earned to me he's earned the right to to stay at third base. I mean, like we've said before, Joe, this is a guy that in the last what three of the last four years he's finished. Second twice, second once, and third twice in in the MVP balloting. So, I mean, I, I think he's found a home there. Yeah, I. It's funny to me. You talk about like the way Jose Ramirez's body has sort of changed over the last couple of years. He has gotten a little more, uh, you know, stocky or bulky, and 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 just the idea of him being able to be a, a middle infielder versus a corner infielder. He doesn't have that traditional third baseman's body, like you know, third baseman, corner guys are usually bigger, stocky, but but taller. Uh, and and I I don't know if that helps or hurts him, but third base really does seem to be his spot now. He turned in one of the best defensive plays of the year at third base uh, for the Indians on on that ball where he ranged behind third base, and uh, I forget who they were playing, but it was it, I, I was at the game. It was it was a spectacular play. Uh, that he made uh, so you know he can still play defense he's he's not that will never be his calling card but uh, he's, he's an effective defender I think uh, yeah the, the a better resolution for Jose Ramirez is that he finds a helmet that fits him and stays on when he rounds first base <laughs> that, that that that's about it uh, one more from Gary in Toledo he wants uh, Francisco Lindor to embrace leading off because he'd be the best leadoff hitter in the league and he hopes that that's with the Indians. So he wants uh, Francisco Lindor's resolution to be uh, embracing the, the leadoff position. Uh, wherever Francisco Lindor ends up in, in 2021, whether it's with the Indians, which it, it could be, or uh, you know, with any other team, do you think Francisco Lindor leads off wherever he plays in 2021? You know, I think that's his best spot, Joe. I really do. I mean, you know, I... You know, I think that's where he's had the most success. Uh, you know, he, I think he, he, he's, he's a threat there. He can run, you know, he can go to first to third, second to home. He can steal a base and he starts you off with that instant offense. You know, it's, you know, he's not going to do it all the time, but he's got, you know, what, 15, 16 leadoff home runs in his career. Uh, you know, so I like him there and, and I, I understand why, you know, you, you see him, you see the home runs and you like to drop them down to the middle of the lineup or, you know, third spot. And maybe he, he would grow into that eventually. I think he could do that over 162 games, but he struggled last season, you know, when, when they dropped him to number three. Yeah. I think if you put him in that number three spot in a situation where he's not worried about a contract year or worried about a, a trade where he's, you know, got that 10 year deal that he's looking for in front of him and he can just settle in and play. I think that Francisco Lindor could bat third, but uh, right now, just put him where he's comfortable and, and, and have him go. You know, if, if he does get traded and he doesn't sign wherever he trades or wherever he lands, uh, then he's going to have that same situation as, as he did this past season, where he's going to be trying to prove something if you bat him third. And, and, and I, don't, I don't like that for Frankie. All right. Uh, let's go back to our list of uh, suggested new year's resolutions here uh this one from the it's this is from debbie and niles 
Uh, Debbie says that all the Indians hitters should resolve to have a 300 batting average and all the pitchers a 1.00 ERA. Uh, the Debbie, we were asking for New Year's resolutions, not for Christmas miracles. But, uh, you know, let, let, let's just talk about who do you think on the Indians current roster right now could finish with a 300 batting average this season? I, I, I think, I think Ramirez is a likely candidate yeah. there, but uh, is there anybody else who, who wouldn't surprise you with a 300 batting average by the end of the season? Well, I think, I guess if Lindor is still here, yeah, him, Lindor and him, but outside of that, I, I don't see a 300 hitter here. I, you know, and uh, you know, I think uh batting average as a whole has taken a, a you know a, a beating you know the 300 a 300 batting average isn't valued the same as it was 20 years ago 25 years ago so uh you know i i think they they're looking for guys to get on base that drive in you know to can generate offense and uh, you know take walks and you know hit home runs i think i'm okay <laughs> okay we're all right can Framil Reyes post a OPS of better than 750 this year? Well, I'd love to see that, you know, and uh, that would mean he's making more contact. He's getting on base. Um, and, you know, there's no, he's cut down on a swing and miss. I, I, you know, would you settle for 750 if the guy hits 30 home runs and, and 890 to 100 RBIs? I think I think the way that Framil Reyes hits the ball with power to the opposite field gap, and 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 we saw him go on a little bit of a tear uh, this year, and his batting average did shoot up. I I think 750 should be the 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 floor. I think that should be the low bar for for Framil Reyes this year. I think somewhere between 750 and and 900 is not out of the question as long as he you know, stays healthy and, and, you know, stays consistent. Uh, we didn't see that this past season and, you know, he, he had a, a hot streak and then struggled. So uh, yeah, I, I think 750 should be the low bar for, for Fran Mill um, in terms of his OPS this year. Now, Debbie uh, said a 1.0 ERA, and that would be, uh, you know, pretty much out of the question, unless you're some sort of, unless you're a reliever. Um, but as far as a, a starter, let's, let's, let's change that to whip. Let's change that to, uh, walks and hits per innings pitched. Do you think there's a, a starter on the Indians roster who can go the season with a sub one whip? Uh, Shane Bieber was close. He led the, I believe he led baseball, uh, in, in whip or was close to leading baseball in, in, in the top five. Um, that's, uh, your total number of walks and hits per innings, uh, less than one. Uh, it means you're doing something right as a starter. Uh, I, you know, I think Bieber can definitely challenge for that. But what about Zach Plesac? Yeah, Plesac doesn't walk anybody. I mean, he, he's, his walks are down. His, you know, he, he strikes out a lot of people. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, that would be, it would be a heck of an accomplishment for, for any starter. Right, I mean, especially, especially over, a, over 30 starts in a season. Yeah, I mean, but... Uh, you know, he certainly has the ability to control the strike zone and not put people on base, at least, you know, by the free pass. All right. Uh, our last one, it comes from uh, Laura Lombard in Virginia Beach, Virginia. And she says, 
keep Frankie and Cookie should be their uh, the Indians' New Year's resolution and to get Michael Brantley back with the tribe. <laughs> so Laura Lombard uh, lives in the year 2017, where <laughs> had uh, Carlos Carrasco, Francisco Lindor, and uh, Michael Brantley all uh, playing at their peaks for the team. Uh, not a bad year, uh, I'll tell you, a team that went on a 20-game win streak, a 22-game win streak. But uh, chances that we see both, uh, Francisco Lindor and Carlos Carrasco back with the Indians in 2021. Yeah, I, I just can't see that, Joe. They're going to have to move one of these guys to create some f- payroll space and um, and to be able to fill some of the holes that are on this team. You know, you got to get a second baseman. You got to get a first baseman. If you trade Lindor, you need a shortstop. You, you've got to. You, I mean, you've got some people in the outfield, but uh, you know. You could use another outfielder too, you know, you know, because you just have so many questions there. So, out of that group that uh, that Laura Lombard in uh, Virginia Beach mentioned, the most likely to be with the Indians this year might be Michael Brantley, and that's not very likely at all. Yeah, so. yeah, Michael Brantley is not coming back. I, I mean, I'd love to love to watch him play, but he is he is bound for another city besides Cleveland. All right, Hoinsey. Uh, I, I would say we are, what, five days into the new year, uh, two podcasts in. This is by far and away our best podcast of 2021. So uh, <laughs> feel good about that. Feel good about uh, the the Indians and hopefully making some moves here soon because, holy Toledo, the, uh, the fires on the hot stove are dying. But uh, we'll be back at it later on this week with more of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Mm-hmm.